You know, I love stories. Like, I really love stories. I love to read stories. I love to tell stories. Sometimes it takes me a little while to tell a story because I like to get all the details in. And Allison is my, uh, my partner who helps me get all the details correct. Right, wives? You've got to make sure your husbands get those details correct. Uh, because I'll tell stories and I remember it differently than maybe it actually happened. But I love to tell stories and read stories. Uh, and one of the things I really love about storytelling is that you get this small glimpse into the mind of the storyteller, right? Uh, you can almost see kind of what the storyteller is thinking or, or kind of maybe sometimes their history, their background. Uh, and I love studying a story and figuring out Okay, why did this writer write this story? And I think that's why I love parables. Because Jesus tells these stories that have spiritual meanings to them. And in these stories, we can get so much out of them. And on top of that, we get like this small, tiny glimpse into the mind of Christ. And that's exciting to me because, like I said, I love stories. And so tonight, I want us to kind of dive into one of his parables, one that comes after a very well-known parable and kind of complements it, but is sometimes overlooked as well. And so I want to look in Mark chapter 4, towards the end, verse 26 is where we're going to start, uh, because I think it gives us a glimpse when you talk about outreach, which is kind of our theme uh, for the year. Well, it is our theme. There's no kinda about it. It is our theme for the year, Outreach 2020. And I think when you think about outreach and you look into this parable, you, you get a glimpse even into how we can spread the gospel and it spread like wildfire, okay? Uh, and also how we ourselves can experience huge change in our personal spiritual walks with Christ. And so I think that should make all of our ears perk up. So if you look back in the beginning of chapter 4, uh, in Mark, uh, towards the beginning, we're not going to focus here, but we are going to talk about it. Uh, we see the parable of the sower. This is a parable that I mentioned a minute ago that is very well known. We know about the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is a very well-known, familiar story of a farmer who sows seed in four different types of soil. And this story explains the ways that seeds interact or react to being sown in that type of soil. And then next in the chapter, Jesus explains to His apostles exactly what the parable meant. You know, we don't always get that in Scripture. When Jesus would tell a story, uh, sometimes it leaves you scratching your head. Okay, Jesus, I don't know exactly what that meant. But with this parable, Jesus not only tells us the story, and gives us a glimpse into his mind, but then he dives a little deeper and tells us exactly what he meant uh, and the symbolism that he had with the story that he told. Uh, and so he explains that the seed that the farmer is sowing is the Word of God. The seed equals the Word of God. So the purpose of this parable is for understanding that different people react with God's Word, the seed, in different ways. Okay? The purpose of that parable is for us to have a better understanding that different people accept God's Word in different ways. And are, some are receptive, some may not be. So he jumps in and he says, 
Some people immediately throw God's Word to the side as quickly as they hear it. They just throw it to the side. There are some people that have no interest in even hearing God's Word and will not even listen to it. Then you have a different set of people that hear it and get excited about it. But yet, when life happens, and as you all know, life does happen, things happen that are difficult, struggles happen, things happen in life, that these people, they're excited at first, but once, they, once life happens, they kind of throw it to the side and move on. And then there's others who hear the Word at first, but things of the world seem more important to them than what they heard. And so they throw it to the side and and pursue the things of the world. And then, of course, the fourth type are those who hear the Word, accept it as as truth, and live a life changed by the Word of God uh, and bear fruit in their own lives. So this particular parable has a a focus about how we might reach other people with, with the seed, the gospel, and help them learn more about the gospel and how it, what it can do in their lives. The focus on this parable is on the receiver. Okay, the, pur- the purpose of the parable of the sower is on the receiver. And the different ways that people may receive God's word. And that's important to note. Because our parable adds to that one. Uh, and also gives us a different focus. So... Look at verses 26 and 27. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. So, the beginning parable focused on the receiver. But this one, It says the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And then it focuses a little bit more on the farmer. The Christian who is scattering the seed. So the parable of the sower focuses on the soil that the seed is planted in. It focuses on uh, the different ways that people receive God's Word. But then when we get to this parable... It focuses more on the farmer, the Christian who is sowing the seed, who is spreading the gospel to the people around us, us. And we can see ourselves both in the first parable, the parable of the sower. We can see ourselves back in the the first time we ever heard the gospel and how we received it. But also, as our faith matures, we can see ourselves in the parable of the seed growing as the farmer. You know, it's important to understand how people may receive His Word. It's important. Uh, it's important to, so that we don't encounter any kind of surprises, right? Uh, you know that when you go to tell someone about the Gospel that there's different ways they may accept it. In fact, that is one of the reasons that some of us are afraid to spread the Gospel because of how someone may receive it. Uh, you know, this is like in sports. You study the defense, right? If you're playing an offensive position, you study the defense, so you know what to expect. You know exactly how they are going to try to defend what you're going to do on offense. 
Uh, or how about a gardener? Do we have any gardeners in the room in here? We got some gardeners. Okay, we got one over there. Maybe just one gardener. Thank you for growing all of our vegetables. Oh, we got one over here. Okay, awesome. Uh, maybe if you think about it from a gardener's perspective, uh, if you are going to plant a particular type of plant or vegetable or fruit or whatever it may be, you're going to go, and I'm no green thumb, okay? Allison will tell you, I'm no green thumb. But if you're a gardener, you're going to go and study up uh, one on what type of soil you're working with. Uh, you're also going to study up on the pests. You know, those pests that like the type of plant that you're planting. You're going to study up on those pests and what you can do, what you can expect, how they're going to try to attack your plants. Um, how they're going to, to come at your plant so that you can defend it. So as important as it is to prepare for the response to the Gospel, it's important for us to know how people may respond when we go to them. As important as it is, it's also important to know our role as the Christian who is taking the Gospel to someone. And it's important that, that we know what we are expected to do as the one who is taking the seed. As the farmer. You know, if you're playing wide receiver, you want to know exactly what route you're supposed to run, where you're supposed to go, who you're supposed to block. If you are the gardener, you want to know what you want to plant exactly where you're going to plant it so that you get enough sunlight or uh, enough shade, and also when, what season you're going to plant it in. You want to know what is my role as the gardener. It's, it's important to know your role because everything runs smoother when you know your role. This parable in my Bible, as I said, is titled The Parable of the Seed Growing. And I want us to read those two verses again. And now that you kind of know that this is a glimpse into the Christian who is spreading the gospel and what we're expected to do, look at verse 26 and 27 again. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The farmer in this parable, the Christian who's spreading the gospel, we don't always know exactly how the seed is going to grow. This farmer, he doesn't know how, what makes the seed grow exactly. But yet he continues to get up and tend to it every single day. You know, Christians, we don't exactly know how other people's faith is going to grow. We don't always know exactly when someone's faith is going to grow, how it's going to grow, when it's going to get to a point where we feel excited about their faith and that they are growing, we don't always know if they're even going to accept the seed. But look what this farmer did. Even though he didn't know when it was going to grow, maybe it took longer than he wanted it to, he continued to get up and he continued to tend to the seed. You know, the farmer knew that while he didn't know when it was going to grow or what it was going to do, he knew that his role was to be there and to be present with the seed, to tend to it, to create a, a good environment for it to grow. 
Christians should know that while we don't know when those seeds are going to grow, it is our role to be there. I want to say that again. It's our role to be there. To tell people about the Gospel is our role, but it's our role also to trust God. To play His role. To trust God that He will give the increase. It's hard to know that the increase is coming when you can't see it with your eyes, right? Sometimes we struggle and we give up on things because we we can't see the increase happening with our own eyes. But it's important for us to trust that God will give the increase if we tend to the seed. And, you know, we live in a results-driven country. And many of you work in many different types of businesses. And so you know this. We live in a results-driven country. Uh, Not only do we want results, we want them quick. We want them now, as quick as possible. Uh, Think about people who start New Year's resolutions. Okay? Uh, Maybe your resolution is to exercise or have a better diet. And, you know, if if the first month goes by and you don't see that six-pack yet, Maybe you give up on that, that goal. You know, I'm not seeing results. This diet's not working. Uh, this workout plan must not be working for me because I don't see any bigger muscles on my arms. Uh, you know, I've been there, and I've given up on a workout plan because of lack of results. I've done it. Uh, and, and so maybe, maybe that you can see yourself in that. Uh, I've heard of people who start businesses, and a couple months go by, and they're not seeing the profit that they want, and so they give up. Maybe they forgot to count the costs or realize all the work that goes into a business before you can even start to make a profit, and so they give up. Uh, I think about sports teams. Uh, I've seen it many times where a team's struggling. They say, fire the coach, get me a new coach, and he'll fix it immediately. And then the new coach comes in, and when the first season goes by and there's no results, They say, all right, this guy ain't working out. Let's move on. Or maybe it's with technology. Technology. You start working, playing with technology. It's not doing exactly like you want it to. And so you say, forget it. I don't need a phone anymore. Throw it out the window. I'm ready to throw that thing out the window. We can't be people who give up sharing the gospel because we don't see immediate results. We can't give up. It is our role as the farmer, as the Christian, to continue to sow the seed even when we don't see the results immediately. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 28 and 29. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. What do you notice You don't have to answer out loud, but what do you notice about the results that the farmer gets? What do you notice about the results that the farmer gets with his crops? The thing that I notice is that results come in small increments. Okay? Results come in small increments. You can't plant a tree and walk out the next morning and the tree's full grown, right? The results for the farmer come in small increments. Now, we don't want results in small increments, usually. We want results immediately. 
And this parable, it goes completely against uh, the expectations of the people Jesus was talking to. Remember, they wanted a kingdom. They wanted an earthly kingdom. They wanted Jesus to come and suddenly and immediately, all at once, set up His kingdom on earth and fix everything. That's what they wanted from Jesus. They expected He was going to come down here and immediately begin to rule and everyone fall under His rule. That's what they wanted. That's what they expected. And a lot of times we fall into that same category. When we seek to teach the Gospel with someone, we want those results immediately. We want to sit down, tell someone about Jesus, see the light bulb go off, see them get baptized, drop everything and live a life for Christ. We want to see that in the first Bible study. And when we don't see it happen, we get discouraged. Maybe you give up. Maybe you say, I don't think they're going to receive it. I don't think I'm the right one to share the Gospel. But look at the Scripture. First comes the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Slow and steady results you know really teaching someone the gospel first they hear the gospel then they recognize how it affects them then they recognize that they are in sin then they recognize they need a relationship with Christ then they choose to be baptized then they start to live a life fully with and in him notice small Results at a time. Results come in small increments. Spiritual growth is a process. And our role is to trust that God will use us in the process and be patient in understanding our role and waiting for the results. Now sometimes we never see the results. Sometimes we never see the results because they come way down the road or for whatever reason, maybe you move and you don't see the results. Sometimes we never know what exactly the role was that we played in the spiritual growth of a person. But we trust that God has used us in some way. I want you to choose to be present and not give up on the people that you are seeking to teach just because you don't see the results right away. I want you to choose to be present and realize it's a process. And we as Christians, we need to celebrate more the results that we see a little at a time. The small victories that we see in the people that we're teaching. The small results that we see in the people that need the Gospel, that we know need the Gospel. We need to celebrate those victories. Small victories are important. And you know why small victories are important? Because small victories... Small changes lead to big, big changes. Celebrate the blade that pops up from the soil because you know that that is the beginning of a ripple that eventually leads to an ear. Celebrate the ear because you know that's a ripple that leads to the full grain. Celebrate the full grain because you recognize that God gave the growth. You know, I've recognized this with Reed as he's developed as, as a baby, uh, I've seen where one day we'll see him trying something new. 
maybe, you know, this past week or a couple weeks ago, we were trying to teach him how to pick food up with his fingers. You know, that seems so simple to us, but, you know, babies, they have to learn that stuff. Well, one day, Reed was just slapping in his food, doing all that kind of stuff like babies do. And then out of nowhere, he kind of figured it out one time. Then that night, we never saw him do it again. Then the next day, perfect. He could do it every single time. We would put food on his plate. He would reach down, pick it up, put it in his mouth. And it was like, wow, where did that come from? Small changes lead to big results. Celebrate the small things. Celebrate the small changes you see in your family. The small changes you see in a friend, you are teaching the Gospel. The small changes you see in your children as they inch closer and closer to a relationship with God. The small, small changes you see in your own spiritual life. I'm calling you to a different level of awareness and presence. And it's important as Christians, we are present and aware because in order to see the small changes, the small results, we have to be fully aware of what's going on around us. Look for the good that is happening. Keep your eyes open for the people you are coming into contact with. We can't celebrate the small things if we aren't paying attention. We can't celebrate the small things if we're behind a screen. We can't celebrate the small things when our mind is clouded by negative things. And we all go through stages of life where that happens. Where we struggle to see the small good things that are happening because our mind is clouded by negative things. We have to be more fully present with God to even have the opportunity to celebrate the small things that are happening. Or we'll miss it. Look at verses 30 and 31. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds in the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. As an illustration of celebrating the small things, telling the farmer to be present and be excited about the blade, the ear, and the full grain, he uses this illustration of, of, of the smallest seed on earth. He calls it uh, this... this Smallest seed, uh, uh, smallest of all the seeds on the earth is what he says exactly. So not only are we looking for the small things, but these ripples are so tiny, they compare with the smallest seed of all, on all the earth, as Jesus describes it. Verse 32, Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Because of God's power, this tiny, tiny seed can become a large plant with large branches on it. And on top of that, not only is it a, a big bush, a big tree with large branches, birds of the air can make their nests in its shade. God is able to bring results that you never even expected. The farmer here was excited to plant the mustard seed. 
But what happened is God provided shade for a bird to build a nest. God can bring results beyond what you hoped you would be able to do, beyond your initial goal that you set at the beginning. Not only can God transform you into a new creature, but He can create in you a ripple that affects generations and generations to come. That's what God is doing. Not only can He change your life, He can change the lives of people who you may never even know because of your commitment and decision. So tonight I'm asking you, don't get overwhelmed by looking for big change, big results. Tonight, I want you to focus on making the first small change that you need to make in your spiritual walk. I want you to focus on the next small step. You know, maybe your, your big goal is to create a habit of reading Scripture. Maybe that's your big goal, and we need big goals. We need a habit of reading Scripture. Maybe that's yours, to create a, a habit of reading Scripture. And so, my challenge to you is to take the first small step and read today. Okay? Don't get overwhelmed by saying, man, I've got to read 365 days in a row. Don't get overwhelmed like that. Instead, just say, I'm going to read my Bible today. Maybe your big goal is to get in a habit of praying more often. And, and don't get overwhelmed by that big goal by saying, man, I've got to pray when I drive. I've got to pray when I get to work. I've got to pray when I wake up. Instead, start praying. Okay? Start praying. Just start doing it. Maybe your big goal is to repair a broken relationship that you have with someone. Maybe that someone is someone in your family. Maybe it's a friend that you grew up with and you kind of parted ways. Uh, you know, don't get overwhelmed by, by fixing that and making that relationship perfect. Focus on the first small step towards building that relationship back again. Maybe it's a phone call that you make. Maybe it's a short text that you send out. Maybe it's repairing or forgiving in your own heart before you ever make that connection with that person. Maybe your big goal is outreach. Your big goal is outreach. You want to help someone become a Christian. Maybe you've got a number in mind. You want to help this many people become Christians. But I'm challenging you to take the first small step and just talk to someone new. Just talk with someone new Get to know them. Ask them about themselves. Show some interest in a new person. Maybe they are lonely. Maybe that you see them by themselves a lot at work or at the grocery store or wherever it is. Just take the first small step and ask them about them. Or maybe the first small step in creating big change or bringing many people to the gospel. Maybe the first small step is to work on you. And that's the first small step you need. Just take the next small step. Small steps create big ripples. Small steps create big change. Focus on the first small step you need to make. It's possible that you became a Christian a long time ago and long 
over the course of your relationship with Christ, uh, your relationships become broken. And the next small step for you is to ask for forgiveness. Uh, maybe you're overwhelmed by life and the things that are happening in life, and the next small step you need to make is to tell the people who love you that you're struggling. Or maybe you've learned the gospel and you want to be in a right relationship with God and your next small step, while a big step, is to be baptized. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but we're all in different places. And no matter how long you've been a Christian or how close you are to Christ, there is a next small step to get you that much closer. Make that next small step. Do it tonight. Don't get overwhelmed by the big one. Make the next small step. You can do that as we stand and sing.